Hello, welcome to a special episode of James Bond and Friends. James Bond this week is still on vacation, so I'm your filling host, James Page from MI6 and MI6 Confidential Magazine. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different to help us get through this time of lockdown. And if you're listening to this in 2030, uh, congrats on making it to 2030 um so we thought we'd entertain everybody a little bit and um we're going to do a watch along of dr no so we're going to cue you at home um to press play on the movie at the same time as us and then we'll all give our kind of goofy commentary on the film as we go along and you're welcome to join in at home by shouting at your tv um but we won't hear you but you can tweet us with the hashtag askbond all right, and so this week for this uh, experiment into the unknown, I'm joined by Ben Williams, David Lee, Lisa Funnel, and Calvin Dyson. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Uh, hey, everybody. Um, my name is Ben Williams. I write for MI6 Confidential and MI6HQ.com. David Lee here. I run the James Bond dossier, and I wrote a book. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. <laughs> Hi everyone, I am Dr. Lisa Funnel. I'm an associate professor at the University of Oklahoma. I'm the author of The Geographies, Genders, and Geopolitics of James Bond with Klaus Dodds and editor of um, For His Eyes Only, The Women of James Bond. And I'm Calvin Dyson, and I run the Calvin Dyson YouTube channel, where I make video reviews of uh, everything Bond, from the films to the books to the video games. And no Funko Pops yet. No, but no, not yet. Maybe soon. That Roger Moore Moonraker one uh, certainly right. turned my eye. <laughs> Something for everybody in Funko Pop land. <laughs> All right. All right, so if everybody's got the line open, we're going to do a... I'll do a three, two, one, and then we'll all hit play on one, if that's okay. Right. All right, three, two, one. All right, and we are greeted with the lion from MGM. So, everybody. Here comes the first. This is exciting. Yeah. Here comes the first person. Blood down. No, sorry. Here comes the first person to play James Bond on screen, and it's not Sean Connery. Yeah. No, it's um, which in the 4K version is really obvious now that it's Bob Simmons. Yeah, uh, classic. <laughs> this is so exciting! Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you guys like watched this film? This is one that I do not go back to that frequently. I can certainly not recite it like I can a good few yeah. of the others. I, I watched it about six months ago or something like that. I think. Okay. Yeah. I would say I, 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 I love the opening. I love the yeah. opening titles. Really, really good with all the uh, colorful. It's very, oh, very, very nineteen sixties. Mm. I don't remember the dog in the film. No. <laughs> it really bothers me. Um, we just passed it now, but the Doctor No signage on in the credits. It, you know, when it moves around and it's not quite in sync with the ba da ba da da. It yeah. really bothers me. <laughs> Yeah, if, uh, unfortunately, obviously, we haven't got any uh, a musical accompaniment to this, but um, it's sort of playing in my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I synced it up in my mind. So it's, it's, it's the first time it works. Hmm. Was the light bright brought out after this? Because this just reminds me of that light bright toy where you put the little pegs in and you like design <laughs> things with light behind it. Ah, I, 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 I don't think we ever got that in the UK. I, I, I 
I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. No. It was just like a toy growing up and it had all these like black sheets that you would put on with little dots on them. And then you would stick these like color coded plastic things and you would light up a picture. Mm. Sounds so, awesome. Yeah. I, I've never heard of that. Uh, these titles are uh, fantastic, aren't they? Really, uh, really psychedelic and trippy. <laughs> I think it's interesting that there's like one male figure, like the, the basic template is like one male figure and two like female figures. And then they just keep yeah. replicating it. And I always thought that that was interesting, maybe like suggesting Bond and his love interests in the film, the two women who mm. tend to be sort of love interests. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. Um, I, cannot, I cannot imagine Bond dancing like that though. <laughs> no. he doesn't he doesn't have i don't think we we really see him dance very much i mean obviously he dances a little bit in thunderball but I, I can't think of many examples of him dancing the three blind mice are obviously this there's a lot of this film which is directly from the the novelization um yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, we're, we're in the territory of it yeah I, I i love i love the bit with the three uh three Blind mice, but the, the the thing that really uh, gets me about this print, it's and it's the uh, it's all the color correction they did uh, that Lowry yeah. did is that the reds in this print uh, they, they're way way too bright. And uh, I, yeah. I why did he why did he feel that that sign then that hadn't got any braille on it? He just right. like. <laughs> 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 I mean, they're taking the method acting to a whole new level, walking all the way through town. Right. <laughs> but it's sort of brilliant. I mean, it's a way of, of just when we think about who gets overlooked in society, we do overlook regularly people who are on the street or who we assume are, are, are homeless or we have these ideas of like ability and disability, right? And I think that it's, it's a really brilliant dis uh, disguise. Paying for that active charity, Strangways. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, I, and I, here, here comes the camera crew and the reflection of the hearse. There they are. Hello. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, he he basically is the and first. I, I never to knew speak, it was a letterbox. I'm yeah, so he glad didn't they know. Pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he he gets one line in the movie. I thought of the first line in the movie or whatever it is. And I always thought he he looked. He's uncredited as well, uh, Strangways. And um, I always felt like he he kind of he he had a certain Bondian Fleming Bond kind of quality to him. I, I felt. Yeah. If they um, were to, to remake this modern day, they'd probably try and fake the audience out that he was the new Bond or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, they probably would. Except that we'd all have known that months in advance. Right. <laughs> I hate it when they do that in movies. They try and fake it. It's like, oh no! That, I think there's a couple of cuts, uh, slight cuts that Hunt did on that to try to make it less um, less violent. Took a couple of frames out of that. To, yeah. Um, and here's the color corrected red, looking really, really fake. Yeah. And the blood and stuff. <laughs> Sorry to uh, talk over your, your your comment on the uh, with the red the redness. Uh, the, 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 I just. I, <laughs> It's okay, Ben. I I can uh, I can deal with it. Oh, Doctor, no. Uh, there we go. Uh, I, I'd like somebody. I'd like, that's right. I'd like somebody <laughs> to be able to screen print my files. It'd be great. That building that they just shown as a uh, uh, point of interest was actually at one point part of the intelligence services. Um, oh. And um, it's that one shot that they used. 
and never never seen again. Um, mm. But it is uh, it is right across the the water from uh, Parliament, or it was. Gotta, I think it's gotta love gotta love the efficiency in signals. The guy writes a message, hands it to the assistant, she runs it over <laughs> to the controller, he reads it, and then he runs over to talk to him about it. I always thought the scene was really kind of well it is quite unique in the series really like normally you just have M getting a phone call and then oh money penny find bond whereas this you sort of see the chain of uh, the sequence that leads up to bond which is it's quite a nice build really a nice introduction I like how they have all the COVID-19 screens up already (laughs) (laughs) so I was watching I watched Moonraker the other day and they did exactly just go straight to a a telephone call Mm. which I it mm. clearly saves saves them on a massive amount of sets and establishing shots. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. I like the use of the green telephone, which means it's good. And then you get the red telephone in some of the um, films with oh. the, the Russians when it's Gogol picking up the phone. Mm. So I like how the phone. color of the telephone is like good and bad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so this is a, a set by um, um, Ken Adam and it's, it's it's very very close to the actual um, Les Ambassadors, it's, um, which you see the real one in um, a Hard Day's Night. So you can you can kind of see the if you, yeah. if you look between the two of them, you can kind of see the, the similarities. Okay. Just out of I interest. love this introduction though. This introduction of James Bond, where you don't actually get to see his face, but you see his hands and you see him at work and his luck. I like the mystery that then leads into him, like his reveal. I think this is a brilliant, mm. one of the best cinematic introductions. Mm. He did parkour the whole way over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, which is interesting, is like at the time when they were doing Casino Royale, they were, oh, here's the line. Sorry, I don't want to talk over the line, the special line. Yes, Mr. Bond. James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> nice and canny. Uh, I know. Um, but when they did uh, Casino Royale, um, they uh, I've, I've completely lost my th- my thread. I can't remember what I was saying. Was it something about echoing the sequence or being being very careful not to uh, tread on it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Something like along those lines. Um, doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> Moments passed. Uh, we've talked to Martin Campbell recently about um, Casino and the card scenes, and he said it was the thing that he feared the most about doing that movie, mm. was just how to make it interesting. Oh, well, that was the other – that's actually what I was going to say, was that um, they, they obviously they opted for um, – they opted for, uh, you know, uh, poker rather than um, Baccarat or Chemin de Fer. Uh, because I think some of the people were saying at the time that people won't understand it. It's probably the the easiest and most simple game to, to yeah. understand, but there isn't any real skill involved in it. So I think um, I think poker kind of does lend itself a little bit more to the narrative. Yeah, I did wonder how many audiences in 1962 knew how to play Shamanda Fur. Mm. You know, it's just assumed that you know. Through the, yeah, it's like, it's like the everybody did it. It's like everybody, everybody dressed for dinner. Everybody knew how to play. <laughs> I don't know if I know how to play it now. Never mind right. uh, when I first saw this film. But it's yeah, I Look guess. That, that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Casino Royale so great because obviously you don't even need to really know how to play the game, but just through the reactions, the music, the Mathis yeah. exposition, you do kind of get the gist of what's going on. Oh, the hat toss. 
yeah, I, I, I like their relationship. You know, it, it's it's well established in this scene, and you, you know, you. I think obviously, it, it, at this point, you still don't know really what what that relationship's going to develop into, and I, I think it became sort of quite cliche. But at least here, it's still kind of got a a sweetness to it. And, mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Lois Maxwell come out late, years later saying that they? kind of invented this backstory to their relationship so that it would be a little more realistic on screen. I don't know if that's, that's like retconning, retconning a performance or something. Uh, yeah, she, she did. She said that they had, they had been in a relationship, but they couldn't continue it due to, you know, the, the nature of their, their work. Um, which I think is, uh, it's quite sweet. I've never actually noticed the bust of Churchill there on M's, hmm. uh, stand. It's interesting, isn't it? Like how we see these these visual cues for what M's office is is supposed to be. It's obviously it's different in literally every film, but uh, um, you know there are, there are just these little reminders that make you kind of go, oh yeah, well, this, well, this is the same location. Mm. Lee was obviously a you know pretty well respected um, actor at this time. He'd done uh, quite a lot of uh, British films. Done the the third man, I think yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and my interesting little bit of information, which I'm sure everybody knows, is that um, his grandson um, is a sick boy from uh, Train Spotting. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So when 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 he does the James Bond thing in Train Spotting yes. with the shoe. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a bit of a callback to uh, huh. to that moment. I think um, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, obviously being the right. The, oh, the, the I, know, away. I had no idea, Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I say it's his grandson. I think it's his grandson. I'm 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 almost 100 percent positive. Yeah. <laughs> so some fact checker will tell me I'm wrong. There's Lisa's green phone. <laughs> there must be good guys. See, the modern day equivalent of that is if the person's using an iPhone, they're a goodie, and if they're using an Android, they're a baddie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> don't make us out to be bad people. Well, that's that's the true thing. You you can't use an Apple product in the film if you're uh, up to no good. So they don't so, allow it. So what does it say about me? I, I used to use iPhone, but I switched to Android. Uh, I've got to be careful now. <laughs> you, you could have a, you could have you could have a plot twist in your future, David. You've got to be very careful. <laughs> you might turn out to be the mole. <laughs> it's remarkable how devoid of character. Like I know he's Boothroyd here. Obviously, he becomes Q, and he's Desmond Llewellyn later on in the series. But in these first couple of installments, it's quite remarkable how bland these exchanges are and these scenes. There's just no character there for Boothroyd until Goldfinger. Well, it's, it's, change, that's change why it's so director. great that, um, that yeah, Lewenham also brought something extra to it, I think, you know, yeah. gives it that extra sort of depth. What's mm. interesting here as well is that um, he's obviously being issued with a PPK. Um, the weapon he is actually handed is a Walther PP. Um, mm. just, a, just a slight continuity error there. Um, I will point out all the weapon continuity errors as the film progresses. <laughs> I never had you down as a weapons uh, expert. Or is it just like bombs specifically? I, no, I, I, I know far more than I should about 
firearms. Um, <laughs> I, that's not that's not going to why. But yes, yeah, so, so that the K in PPK stands for Kurt or short, um, mm. and PP uh, is the longer barreled version, um, police pistol, um, mm. and it's uh, it's the longer version that he has in this so film. So he's a long, stupid policeman and not a short, stupid policeman. Exactly that. <laughs> it's weird for oh, yeah. like the if the first film in the series to have this whole scene of him like having to give up his beloved gun, which of course we've never seen him use mm-hmm. before. I don't know if they just assumed that everyone would be so familiar with the books that the Beretta was sort of known as Bond's weapon and this would have meant something. Um, it just feels weird that we're supposed to sort of get something from his character being sort of reluctant to take up this thing when we've never actually seen him use it before. Um, I agree. I, just quickly, a, a point on this. this is Bond's apartment. Um, this is one of the few times in this, I think we see his apartment three times in 25 films. That's right. Um, and this is the first time that we see it. Um, this is probably it the very, best decorated one of the three. Yeah, it was a very hasty piece of set decoration um one of the the last sets to, to be done i think um as i recall correctly uh that's why you'll see really crazy things like a television behind the door um bond has a you know fleming writes his his home very clearly um but yeah, why would you put that chair in front of that television behind the door <laughs> it just, it's just very 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 odd um why hasn't got but, a flat um, screen TV? <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, yeah, and, TVs and, really were like that. And, and the noticed? dressing of the set. Sorry, go on, Lisa. Oh, I was just going to say, have you noticed like the, the pictures in, in like Bond's apartment are all cars and in M's office, mm. they're all like naval ships. And like mm. this, it's suggesting like Bond's connection with like car culture, and it's suggesting obviously, you know, where the background maybe of 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 M lies. Anyways, it was just a set design thing that I saw. But continue on. Sorry. Yeah. In in later on in Doctor No's uh, office, all the pictures are of um, missiles being toppled. Just as though. Hey, that's a five points for the, the, the defunct airlines, by the yeah. <laughs> And the worst sunglasses in the whole series until Nomi and No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Those of you to a kill ones that Paul Roger had to wear. They <laughs> are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love this uh this little bit where he kind of flips up the, the hat there this is you mm. know so he's so breezy and casual boom yeah. there you go look at that you know um, she's a baddie if you lick the light bulb <laughs> there's a oh yeah yeah why don't why don't you just walk right in front of them oh no okay you can have them. um <laughs> it, a small continuity error here is um, he is wearing a Gruen Precision, which is his own personal watch at this point in the movie. Um, it's only later on that he switches out to the Submariner, um, which, uh, depending on whatever tale you want to hear, was either Cubby Broccoli's um, right. or not. Um, but he is, he is wearing the Gruen at this point, and then it switches out um, during the car ride <laughs> at some point. Right. So uh, you got to wonder what their plan was. If he, if he'd have grabbed that taxi, I mean, how this would have gone? Yeah, it would have been totally. <laughs> oh, you! Yeah, he'd have been killed for his insubordination and 
incompetence. Maybe those women were in on it. Think about that. They could have been told, just walk in front of Bond. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a lovely suit there by Anthony Sinclair, um, tailors of of, uh, Savile Row at the time, Um, and a uh, cocktail cuff shirt you can see there um, by Tambor Lamassa. Yeah, no, I'm just uh, just saying, very, very beautiful suit. Um, and you, you can see by the difference in cut between lighters and his, you know, just yeah. the way that, uh, you know, it, it just marks Bond out as a slightly more sort of sophisticated man. Is that considered a woven tie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, grenadine tie is... A grenadine is tie. Not, yeah, so it's not knit. This, he does he does wear a knitted tie um, at, at certain points in this film, I believe. But uh, this particular one is a kind of a grenadine, which is basically a texture to it, uh, like an almost mm-hmm. like a knitted texture to it. Um, it's uh, oh, and his hat appears from nowhere. Yeah, go. from absolutely nowhere. There you go, and it stays on as well, which is uh, impressive considering <laughs> they're going sixty miles an hour. they removed the elastic under the chin using cgi (laughs) it's not the only thing they had to stick on connery's head and (laughs) i was gonna say actually like i think this toupee in this one's really good like i was just looking at it in the phone booth um in the airport i was like oh god this is actually really good i don't know like what level of toupee it was if it was still his own hair at the front there at the time but pretty good i was blown over when i first heard that he wore a toupee in all of his bond films yeah i yeah. was surprised as well but uh yeah maybe that's the reason for having toupee the hat because they, they, they weren't quite sure whether the toupee would stay on in the car <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what it was uh, uh here we get a bit of um bob simmons fighting as well mm. It's the good old days where you could take your gun on the plane. <laughs> Don't you miss those days? <laughs> yeah, well, well, the, you you say that, I, I remember the days when I could take a pocket knife on, on a plane, but that all changed with 9-11. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But like, uh, real, real, like real talk, were you able to have a gun on a plane in the 1960s? I doubt it. Uh, well, in the book, it is addressed, and it, he he does have. Um, no, you don't, bad boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you, you you were in the book. It was addressed, and um, he's he's allowed through customs, or certainly not necessarily in this book, but um, uh, in subsequent novels. Um, yeah, that'll get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shrunk in that shot for some reason. Right. Yeah, do some lines off the off the bonnet <laughs> of the car. <laughs> I like that he has blood on his hand, as mm. if I like to showcase that he's punched him in the face. I like it when people literally have like scabs, scars, bruises. It, I don't know. It makes me believe it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you know. Q did tell him not to do that, but, you know. Oops, that was the uh, first, first blunder yeah. of the day. He's going to get two stars on Uber. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was good. Not I can't remember what the line is here. Is it? Is he? Is he just dead? Or oh, I don't know. God, it's another one of those terrible quips. Look at those shorts with knee-high socks. Oh yeah! Oh, In fact, yeah, come this yeah. summer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna wear shorts and socks just like that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> do it, please. <laughs> Are you wearing clogs and socks like Harry Fukunaga wants everybody yes, to wear? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if, I wonder if this furniture is borrowed from M's uh, set earlier on. Is that yeah, his green, hmm. green telephone yeah. again? Yeah. Is that and Bond's, green decorations. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of green in this film. There's mm-hmm. a lot of green. Yeah, because bon- yeah, Bond's apartment's decorated with green walls. So. And I think eventually it shifts over by the time we hit the Craig era, everything's blue. But yeah. at this initial point, green seemed to be the color. Mm. Look at green. all those plants. They were, they were the green. green. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that a real lawn's brown. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's just ours. Mm. Suspicious blood. Blood. Mm. Uh, hold on. So, is this the only? This is the only film where he actively assists in a police investigation. Yeah, I think um, I think he really is quite as 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 Doctor No kind of describes him. He is in a way is an investigator more than than anything else, really. I mean, uh, I like how he uses a pen, sort of. I like how he uses a pencil to lift up the headset and then rubs his hands over everything else afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> He's not following strict uh, quarantine procedures. Yeah. Come on, social oh, distancing here. <laughs> that they are. Everyone, is, that really everyone is six feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the shock? Oh, I hate that cut. He's going to go and interview the barracuda. <laughs> um, got uh, well, it's quite a nice, uh, nice painting in the background. <laughs> oh, I wonder what he's mixing here. Hmm. Why is there a slice of sure about his shaking technique, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a nice set. I mean, considering that they they had barely any money mm. for this, um, you know, Ken Adam really did wonders with what was available to him. Mm. How many of you as kids did this? I was just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did the thing with the hair that we're going to see him do in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was, was my favourite. I think the thing from the hair came from a Casino Royale rather than Doctor No, but uh, it, it was mm. great yeah. to see them put it in the film. Mm. I love Connery in this bit. He's just like, oh, yep, just doing my routine before I head out. It's, really it's nice. a valuable yeah. asset for Connery. Yeah, but exactly. it, shows, it shows him being spy-like, right? Like, mm, like yeah. securing his room and things that you would think he would take precautions to do. And maybe we don't see it in future films, but I like this idea that he has a routine and he's going to mm. try to protect himself. Like, I, I like this component of this film. Yeah, 
He totally. never actually went bald. He just stayed in a lot of hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you think, was that actually Connery's hair or was it a bit of black nylon? <laughs> yeah, some, something from the wig. I, I think it's a terrible shame in a, in a way that Dawson was, Anthony Dawson wasn't, um, I mean, obviously he's, he's great in this role, but um, I think he would have been... Um, a really good Blofeld. I think he's, oh, um, totally. mm. you know, uh, the the two performances that he does do, even though it's not his voice, he has, I don't know, there's something about him that uh, I think mm. uh, captures it well. Um, yeah, totally. He's, he, I mean, he could be a main villain. He doesn't read as a henchman, I suppose. But I, maybe that's helpful in a film where we don't see the main villain for like, what, an hour and a half? He is that's a good sort of yeah. substitute. And he does kind of that sort of sweaty acting very well. Um, mm. Yeah, little casual racism thrown in, mm-hmm. um, and uh, to be followed up with a with a bit more casual racism. Uh, but the, the question, I I, the question is, I've got for sorry, you go, Ben. No, I was just going to say I loved, I do love this this relationship between them. I think that they. Um, this is one of my favourite pairings. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I've, I've always I think, really liked. I, I like Quarrel in the books, and uh, it, it's uh, I, I like I like him in Doctor No as well. But I want to know what washing powder he, he uses to get his t-shirt so red. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can actually buy any at the moment, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's. Uh, but I like this all, also the way that they kind of walk around the the different sides of the the, um, the key area here, and um, and they kind of kind of meet back up again. It's quite a nice kind of parting. But then uh, there's something about these these earlier films, this and and also in Thunderball. I just kind of I love the um, the way that they're you know they're shot and. Um, yeah, well, you get a well, really good in, sense of, sense of in location. The, in the early films, the, the locations are a huge part of them, a, a, a huge part of the attraction. And it, it, it's one of the things that I really feel is missing in the more recent films is that you have so many locations that you never actually get a sense of actually being anywhere. It's always, you know, jump here, jump here. Uh, jump on a, a plane and you know it, it, it's it's like you're continually in motion and you'd never arrive anywhere mm. Mm. most of the time you're not actually anywhere you're just in a in a set somewhere and yeah. right. second unit's gone out and done some pickups yes i wonder if this bar exists though like i have a dream we shall you know head to jamaica and stuff like that um but i really want to go to like all of these like sites and that bond has been in, you know, through the Caribbean and elsewhere. And so I'm like wondering if this place actually exists. I, I don't think it exists anymore. Um, a lot of the locations, I mean, I, I went to Jamaica about five years ago. Um, and there are some locations that still exist. Um, but a lot of them um, have, have basically kind of disappeared now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even honestly know whether this is this is a, a, a genuine location it might it might well be yeah. it looks like any of the the beach bars around here so uh, it could have been mm. could have been shot on Plaza Darrow beach 
Mm. So Pussfella wrestles crocodiles. Right. Um, obviously, he's supposed to be wrestling um, octopuses. That's the, yes. that's why it's called Pussfella. Um, <laughs> just a weird, a weird thing. Mm. And shock reveal. Bum, bum, bum. And we uh, set a precedent for the rest of the series that Felix Slider has to do some kind of weird introduction in every film. Hmm. But you can see how he's being represented as Bond's like parallel, right? Both in light colored suits. They're both the same height, same race, basic, same build. Like you can see how he's being presented as Bond's sort of parallel here, like and being established from here on out as being his equal say in the field, just working for a different government. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Although I don't really like the the performance necessarily. Um, I think um, I think Bond in the books was always much more light. Uh, sorry, uh, Felix in the books was always much more lighthearted, mm-hmm. um, um, and uh, he's playing it very. Uh, he's playing it very kind of cool and um, Jack Lordy. Uh, yeah, Jack Lordy. I mean, Jack. Obviously, we 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 know that Jack was kind of approached to continue to be lighter, and you know, made made a lot of demands. But that aside, um, I don't. I actually, I think there. Uh, I think I prefer Rip Van Nutter's um, take, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and um, this is this is one catchy tune. I know we're not. Able mm-hmm. to actually hear it, but <laughs> once this gets in your head, saves the soundtrack. Pretty I mean, much. but I mean, there's getting excited and there's getting real excited over the song. And then there's that guy. And then there's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow, That's yeah. a different level. <laughs> <laughs> so this is straight Any? from straight from the novel. Uh, apart from obviously yeah. the fact that like light is not in it, um, but the whole um, interrogation of. Uh, of the girl is pretty much lifted uh, verbatim. Um, yeah, you've got to say here, I mean, Lighter acts more like Bond does, you know, than Bond does in this mm. scene. He's cool, collected, not sweating, mm. got his stuff together. Connery comes off. Connery's Bond here comes off like petulant and angry and just pissed. Yeah, he, he does. Um, and that guy again, it's my favorite extra of all time. <laughs> <laughs> He's really going for it, isn't he? <laughs> He's committed. <laughs> uh, very easy for Quarrel to uh, get her in the arm lock there. <laughs> take much effort. Interestingly, when often when they do uh, these kind of dance scenes in films, there isn't actually any background music being played. Uh, people right. just have to kind of pretend yeah, yeah. to dance. Yeah. I would love to have been on the set with that guy going that crazy (laughs) dancing to absolutely nothing. (laughs) Silent disco. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Just saying that so much of this was dubbed um, in post, wasn't it? So it wouldn't surprise me if there was some music playing on the set. Just some, well, what they often do is have like maybe some kind of ticker uh, so that you know what the timing is supposed to be, but um, mm. or, or maybe they were all told to fell- to follow that guy who was really going for it. He was the. Uh, <laughs> he was the- 
the ticker track. <laughs> so nowadays he would be taking the uh, smashing her iPhone or uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ow, that's gonna sting. I never quite knew what she was doing there. Is is it like a stone that she's smashed to yeah. make it uh, it's, coarse it's and the, then it's the flash it's the camera bulb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it is, yeah. I never knew that. I was like, what did she grab? Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was like a stone or something that she just... Come maybe on, a standard shoe for... <laughs> you have to explain to uh, younger listeners that cameras used to have bulbs that flash on them. <laughs> and film. Uh, God, that must He's have really hurt then if that was a bulb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus the, the chemicals that would have been inside that bulb as well. Um, you know, to I just realized she was wearing a kimono dress, mm. and I think that that's right. really interesting as it's alluding to moving forward who her allegiance is to. And when we think about the way that he dresses the people that he captures, I just think it's an interesting tie into Doctor No that I had not noticed before. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it would. Yeah, that would kind of stand out in Jamaica, wouldn't it? Right. Well, it, it, I think it probably comes from the book because a, a lot of the people who were working for Dr. No in the book were half Chinese, half Negro. Right. That's, uh, that's yeah. Um, that, was, that was kind of made fairly explicit in the book. Um, another, another healthy dollop of uh, casual racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we thought we'd saw the last of these guys, but no. Now that you mentioned the red, yeah, is- it's really popping out like that hotel taxi service. Yeah, side. It, it, really, it, drives, yeah. it drives me mental. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that somebody said, "Hey, man, why are you wearing that red shirt?" And he went, "My shirt's red." <laughs> <laughs> and why did uh, look? I mean, how are they? Oh, are they? They're not actually blind, of course. No. Um, that's what I mean about they, they, they're real they, they take their disguise very seriously yeah. Yeah, you get the idiot star for tonight I think thank you very much indeed you're welcome well, but mind you they would be better, better uh, they'd be quite good operatives at night time though that would be the <laughs> the great the great leveller darkness yeah uh, again this is a this is a uh, a set, uh, obviously by Ken Adam, that was. Um, yeah. Uh, if you didn't did, know if you he was the- a geologist, his rock collection yeah. on the shelf gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's literally kind of thrown together this set, and I really I think it may even be part of the the hotel room. And I was going to say, it looks like a redress of the it hotel looks suite. Very very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think they had much to kind of play with, so they kind of moved a few things around and. Um, and if you look closely, one of the photographs on the back of the wall is uh, is one of Bond's cars. No, I'm just kidding. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? There's <laughs> a microscope in the background, so he's a definitely a scientist. Definitely a scientist, <laughs> although he looks a bit shabby. Uh, oh, it's it, uh, it, gets, is, it gets used a lot, so it, of course it's shabby. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just like the way that they, the way to make him look really kind of like you, Bond is perfectly dressed in that scene, and and um, you know Professor Dent's uh, just like crumpled, just literally yeah. looks like he's just got out of the, out of the, 
the dryer, tumble dryer. I never, um, this is before my time, but I, I never, as a kid, when I saw this, understood like paying somebody by putting a stamp on an invoice. I never, I never got it. How that worked. Um, I don't know how that works. I mean, stamps are legal. If anyone currency, wants to write right? in and explain. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're legal tender stamps, but I, don't, I never understood that. that's what I did. Oh, I see. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, and there's a model. Yeah. So the actual, this is the location, obviously. Uh, that exists still. Um, uh, I When you drive um, from the airport um, in Jamaica, you actually pass this. Oh, depending on obviously which direction you're going in. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have actually driven underneath part of this building. Um, oh, uh, so, yeah, because it's a bauxite mine and part of it, uh, part of the uh, apparatus to bring the bauxite to the water goes over the road um, and you drive underneath that. So I have actually sort of driven underneath this location. Hmm. There's some great shots here. Yeah, I was just going to say, this, this is, is one of my favorites really here. well shot. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's it's beautifully done. And the cheapest set of all time, but one of the most memorable. The brown corrugated iron. How we talked about in the other podcast, the, the Ken Adam Grate. It's now, mm. along with the George Foreman grill, it's the Ken Adam Grate. <laughs> and I like that it's off centered. Like it's mm. it, it's it's not it's not symmetrical. It's I don't know. I've just always been fascinated by this particular set and like the mood and the shadow and the lines and all of I it. I want to know where the where the gradient goes in the front of the shot. Like it just goes yeah, down, it goes, but it just goes down and it's weirdly stepped and it's just yeah. It's it's a really effective set because it 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 just dis, it's disconcerting mm-hmm. um, and it has a um, and it has a certain spellbound kind of. Yeah, aspect to it. If I don't know what Dr. No uses this room for. What's he use the room for in the rest of the year? (laughs) (laughs) I I think it is just his interrogation room, and I quite like that you think of you know interrogations as happening in these tiny, cramped spaces with like a few people stuffed in. Here, it's just like one chair in this massive chamber, and his voice just bellowing in. It's very nice. Maybe it's the executive canteen, but it was closed for redecorating, and uh, so (laughs) (laughs) it's an interrogation chamber. Uh, But I'm wondering how many other spy films have then again, I don't know if it's from here, but have taken this idea of like the big room. And I'm thinking, why am I thinking of true lies? Or, you know, when somebody is basically Mm. trapped and they're put in like this massive room and it's echoey and they don't know who's looking or where the voice is coming from. I like that as being a type of interrogation because it's almost as if it is bigger and louder. Whoever you're dealing with is just much bigger and you can't see them, but they're, it creates this impression that they're there and they can sort of look at you from different angles. Um, Mm. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I don't know if other films did this beforehand, but I think that this is something that gets brought through in different ways through different spy movies. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely do it in True Lies with the the voice, the voice is disguised and it has a... Yes. Okay. So I was right with that. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Every Jamaican hotel has an English receptionist. Mm-hmm. I like her dress. That's a nice dress. I like her mm. hair. Nope, checking him out. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I guess that was kind of echoed in Casino Royale, wasn't it? With uh, 
um, Ocean Club. Yeah. And I like yeah. how we went from like the shadow of the other set with like the the grates to when he walks into this one and it's still shadows and lines coming through, maybe suggesting a parallel between those scenes that something's going to happen here. Mm. Mm. Uh-oh. Oh, your wig's gone. One down. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, you'd notice that. I I was just going to say, you don't notice the powder? Like, come on. White powder and suitcases, hang on. Hold on a second. The ice cubes are fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so brilliant. Poison the ice cubes. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, as it slowly melts into the yeah. glass. Remind that me not to come to a party at your house. <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing on the wall? Is that an air conditioner it, or a radio? All yeah. oh, right, yeah, I see. So, um, in the in the novel, it's centipede, a centipede, uh, yes, um, which is, and I have to say, one of the best pieces of Fleming's writing. Um, I, I can yeah. barely read it. It is yeah. it's so um, it really genuine. Makes your uh, hair stand on end, or, mm. or if you're Connery, your toupee. Um, <laughs> that which they kind the of then used for um, Attack of the Clones. I think they they did a similar kind oh, of thing yes. in that scene. Yeah. So I think they nicked it from that. Um, and here and here we have. Bob Simmons. Wor- one of the worst effects doing- of the early movies coming up. Oh, yeah, there it is. The glass. There we go. Yeah. He's also a sweaty sleeper. Yeah. He, like he sweaty. woke up totally sweaty. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty pretty warm out there. And that XC unit <laughs> is only a, is only a, a piece of set dressing. So And this is one of the first instances of the Bond franchise totally lying about something for publicity. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the danger involved with yeah, the spider on the stuntman, yeah, because obviously the tarantula had, bites are not going to kill anyone. No, uh, having the medics on staff and Bob Simmons getting paid extra and yeah. all this bullsh- bullshit. Yeah. Well, yeah, bullshit. there was also it's the second time Connery's hidden behind glass for 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 a creature thing because um, he he That's was right. too scared. So well, he, he was the told there thing. was glass in Thunderbolt, and then it turned out there wasn't. <laughs> they ran out. <laughs> it was like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> Mm. This is totally me with like the tiniest spider in my house. It's like, <laughs> like it is dead, and I say die, 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 and all that stuff. Like I totally yeah. feel James Bond in this moment. Yeah, we just don't have the I, bad uh, Monty. We just don't have the bad Monty Norman soundtrack in the background. No, I should. I should have it on my phone. <laughs> I have to say, my one of my few Bond moments was um, I actually had to kill a tarantula in in my bedroom in Singapore. Which you know, uh, it probably wasn't going to do me any harm, but I blame this film. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's it. Tarantulas are not going to kill you unless they're very. They're not um, venomous bite wise. It's like the only poison they have is in defense mechanisms, like the little hairs on the backs of some of them that they flick at uh, predators. And so I used to have a tarantula, so I know uh, a little bit yeah. about this sort of thing. But okay. um, yeah, no, which one, feel, which will okay. cause a mild skin irritation if anything. Um, but yeah, un- unless feel, like I in very rare allergic it, circumstances. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I'm not I, like I, you should go I, to I, bed I, tonight feeling so guilty. I, 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 I think I, you can just. Yeah, I think I you can lay the death of that spider at the feet of Eon Productions publicity department. I, I, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, 
look at this uh, look at this nice subtle piece of equipment that's being given to him by by Q. Right. The green um, phones have two, changed on the desk, and it. Oh, yeah, a couple of films later, it's going to fit in his watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, mm. and his camera. This is down. I think crush. it's important. I think it's important to note, though, and just to highlight. I know we're supposed to be doing a watch along. We've talked about subtle racism, but that the two main characters that have Asian heritage are actually white actors presented through the yep. convention of Yellowface, and so Miss mm. Tarot yeah. is one, is do- and Doctor No is is the other one. And, yeah. and it's just something to just highlight that it was considered, I don't know if it's still considered proper, but it, it has been phased out since then as not being um, a right. proper, appropriate strategy. Mm, there was Professor Dent's um, uh, secretary earlier on as well, who I noticed. Uh, she, yeah. I don't know the actress, but um, it looked like a, you know, a white Caucasian actress sort of being made up to look Asian. Yeah, and I think the supportive staff. The supportive staff in Dr. No's Lair, they are Asian women, but they have very few speaking roles. They're not necessarily named. And if you really want to read about it, um, Eugene Franklin Wong talks about um, media racism and he talks about the representation of Asian characters and the difference between being a primary character, a secondary figure, where you are in terms of of location on screen and, of course, racial stereotyping. So he's written a Mm. good study on it. It's a really interesting point, Lisa. And obviously when you get to Dr. No's Lair later on, you get a kind of a blend of, um, you know, various uh, different races that are kind of being presented as one race. And that's something that uh, that, that, that the Bond films have done, uh, you know, consistently, which is, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's certainly in these earlier films, it seems to be a lot more prevalent. <laughs> I do wonder how much of that was just the availability of actors mm. back back in the early sixties of because it's unionized. Don't forget, so you got to get an equity actor of a certain background that can speak fluent English. Well, not that that bothered them with the lead casting of the women because they just redub them anyway. But yeah, but there's also a lot of. Asian women um, who live in the US and live in the UK when we look at like immigration patterns that are multiple generations who who are American and British citizens. So I think they exist. I just don't think that there has been role availability um, for them. I think that they're Mm. there. I just don't think there's been the opportunity for them to have like uh, develop their star power in their name. And someone like Anna Mae Wong um, has, has, she spoke out many years ago when she was like in, in the classical Hollywood era, but like the lack of, of role availability for her. What's interesting, just as an offshoot on this, Lisa, and I'll come, come back straight to Bond in a second. Uh, the film Aliens, uh, which is uh, 1986, James Cameron, uh, the role of mm-hmm. Vasquez, um, mm. is played by Jeanette Goldstein. Um, she's pretty much playing, doing Mexican blackface in that yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the, one of the most kind of egregious examples of it that I can think of uh, in sort of semi-modern cinema. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't see it so much now. But that was that was one of the, you know, the, the times where you actually really go, well, if you can't get, you know, a Mexican actress to do this, do you, should you do that? Should you, yeah. you know, stick a bunch of fake <clears throat> yeah, tan and, on it? And the character's race was not important for that role. 
either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's also yeah. a modern example in the Bond franchise. Quantum of Solace, Camille Montex um, yeah. is is supposed to be from, I, I can't, Bolivia? She's a Bolivian yeah. agent. And With yet you have- mother. Yeah, and she has, and yet we're, we're casting a white actor, and she's very tanned up. I mean, that is an example yeah. of, of brown face in the modern James Bond era. And you're telling yeah. me that yeah. you can't find any actor of Bolivian descent, any uh, right. Latina actor or, or Latinx right. actor who would be willing to do it. So well, I think these pop, they're, they're still here in, in various shapes and forms. Whilst we're off on yeah. our tangents, the two the two finalists for that role were um, uh, Bollywood actress and um, Lisa. I uh, can't remember her name. And uh, Gal Gadot of Wonder Woman uh, fame. Uh, that's interesting. So, I didn't. Yeah. So n- n- neither of them Bolivian or no. South American. You know, a Ukrainian, Russian, and a and a Greek actress was considered. Yeah. Yeah. What a terrible car chase this is! Like, <laughs> yeah. just that back projection is, uh the front projection. Yeah, it's all just, uh and why well, this gonna blow up. hearse blows up? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the exploding bodies, exploding coffins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Sales of hearses we just went down after this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see everything had to blow up at one point, didn't it? You know, like a car sort of <laughs> only tapped the side of a building and it blows up. One thing that I, I found was quite interesting is like usually when you shoot a car in a vehicle, uh, a vehicle in a movie, um, it, it explodes. Um, mm. But during the Casino Royale chase scene, he's driving a tanker full of fuel and they shoot it several right. times and it just right. pours fuel out. Why did right. that blow mm. up? Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Who has a towel uh, dress? I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, this is literally know, a towel dress. I, I'm just saying, Ollie Bar Brown, if you're watching. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that'd be a, an, an $800 towel dress. $800 and the rest. Yeah. yeah. Do you think she's supposed to be a Chinese person? Her name is Miss... Tarot, no, isn't it? Yeah, I, just, yes, I, assume, I was being sarcastic yeah. considering that. Oh, oh right, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so like, Did we just talk about this? <laughs> no, it's like the whole, even the set dressing is like in case you were wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and yes. I think you're right. I mean, that's how excessive it is when we have characters of various different races and ethnicities that are different from white. It's overkill to the point that mm. it's 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 just it's so much, and yet we don't do that for white actors and characters. We don't do overkill. So yeah, I always think it's interesting just how extreme they push it. In case mm-hmm. you didn't catch it. See, if you we were to redo this shot today, that she'd be asking, "Why can't we just order on Grubhub?" <laughs> <laughs> And does she have a yellow phone? Is that supposed to be suggestive of the connection in terms of the yellow peril and its association with race? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. He's he's very threatening with that. Uh, I've never noticed that before. He comes in almost like he's going to strangle her. Yeah. And, you know, he's got that towel wrapped taut between his hands. And her neck is being very exposed at this point as well. And no, mm. a neck, darling. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. It, there's a there's a certain menace to Bond in this 
as he's seducing her. And when you think about it, she doesn't really have a choice. I mean, Bond is going to go through with it. So she's threatened by him if she, if she doesn't sleep with him. And she's threatened by Dr. No, if she, if she doesn't go through it, like no matter how you, you, you sort of pay, you, you sort of put it, mm. she's in danger and she doesn't have a choice. And there is coercion going on. And, and we see sex as part of spycraft, but it's also kind of scary um, for the person who is, is sort of the toy in between these two men. And oftentimes women in this franchise are, these objects of struggle between, you know, the two men, the good man being quote unquote, James Bond and, and, and the villain. Mm. I mean, she does believe that she has a degree of agency in this scene. She does think that she's getting one up on him, but uh, I would agree that she is coerced into this mm-hmm. uh, on, on both sides. Um, this is all, the first yeah. time I knew that Bond ever felt musical in Italian. It's the strangest line in this whole film, I think. <laughs> what does he say? He says, I'm feeling musical in Italian. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'd forgotten that. Um, must remember that one. Clearly seems to work. <laughs> Oops. They didn't even bother with the makeup on that this scene, did they? It's like we're just going to give up now. Ah, spit. More, more green. Mm. It's a nice green, actually. It's quite a vulgar thing for her to spit at him. Like uh, it's, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I know, I know. It's it's uh, pedantic to be quibbling about vulgarity <laughs> with, 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 with a man like Connery um, after we've seen what he just did um, and what he's about to do. But it's uh, yeah, strikes me as something a bit sort of um, yeah odd for this franchise. I mean, it's got a lot of pa- like it's got a lot of power in it, hasn't it? You know, yeah, Doing, yeah. Like, sp- spitting in somebody's face, especially nowadays. I think he kind of did deserve it, though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's just, uh, ABH, is it? I can't remember. Why is he even bothering to go through this facade? <laughs> of- I do. Yeah. I like the idea that Dent would come in and it'd all be dark and he'd be like, ah, if I don't see that the couch has had evidence of uh, making out and there's two half drunk vodka glasses, I won't go and try and kill him now. Uh. Exactly. It's like, hmm. My suspicions were aroused the moment I noticed that two drinks weren't. Yeah. It's uh, a... Sorry, there's a there's a very uh, uh, I'll, I'll say it now before that for the instance happens. Um, two weapons um, that are both completely incorrect. Uh, Bond does not have his PPK here. Um, he has a Browning, um, and when he utters the famous line, "That's a Smith and Wesson, and you had your six, It's not. It's a Colt, and it's a seven <laughs> round. See. Um, <laughs> And uh, it has seven rounds. So actually, um, you know, you just gets it for me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason that they used uh, this particular firearm is because they weren't, they needed a, uh, a gun that could cycle properly with the blanks uh, whilst it's got a, a silencer on it. Mm. Um, 
So he's using a Colt 1911A1, um, and it's empty. The slide is locked back. And Bond's got the gun. I do, I do enjoy how the lamp switch on the desk puts the whole lights all the whole thing lights on. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Um, do you not have that facility in your home? Yeah, smart I, have, bulbs. I just say Alexa, light on. And everything goes. <laughs> it's not got this. It's not got the same kind of dramatic Im- impact, has it? <laughs> I guess Dent was willing to uh, kill uh, Miss Tarot in this whole yeah. thing yeah. if he just like yeah. shot at the bed like that. Presumably, yeah. he doesn't know that mm. she's being taken away. Here's another one. Of, maybe mm. Carrie Fukunaga was modelling after Dent because he's got his no socks on here. I, he? mm. I was just marveling at the fact that he had a body pillow. Like what hotel, <laughs> like what place has like a massive, like body sized pillow just laying there? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're very it's, normal. It's they're very normal in, in, uh, in Europe and I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, um, I think they also cut several shots of him. Yes, they did. Shooting in his, his back as well. Yeah. Mm. So that's uh, that's that, and we're into baby blues. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think at this point he would have turned around to him and say, "Look, we're we're going on a on a covert mission." Right. I think what I will wear <laughs> is baby like blue. blue. <laughs> if you can, if you could wear red, yeah, that would right. be amazing. But it, it's, we'll blend it's like right into it's the like Coral's only got one shirt. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he's very, very fond of red, and he, he's just got a whole wardrobe of red T-shirts, <laughs> like a tech CEO that he wears the same thing every day. Yeah. But I also think, like, again, if I'm thinking about it in terms of race and some cinematic racism, I mean, it's the way that he is being identified on screen with the bright red shirt, and this idea that if he changed his costume, that somehow audiences wouldn't figure it out. Like that type of thinking is really, really troubling. Mm. No. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I, I have to say, I often get mistaken about who Bond is when he goes through costume changes. Um, <laughs> who's that guy? Oh. <laughs> it's the lead. It's the lead in the movie. Okay. Um, why are they changing boats? Oh, because one's got a motor and one doesn't. Is that the, could is that just the idea? Like not, yeah, you could just like not use the motor. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, right? Just turn it off. Weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is that? Anyway, um, this is all day for night stuff as well. You can, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it's, you know, the sun glinting off the, off the waves. Um, they don't shoot a lot of day for night anymore, and this no, the, no. This, this shows you why. Right. I think the worst example. Uh, yeah, I'll get onto that another day. <laughs> it's Is unnecessary it rear projection there. You know. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, could they really not have? Uh, <laughs> you know, shot we, do? we won't do this shot today. We'll, we'll wait till we get back to Pinewood, <laughs> and we'll recreate the boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh. This is a beautiful beach. It's a private beach. Um, sometimes mm. you you are able to, um, if you if you know the right people, get onto it. Um, I didn't know the right people, so I didn't get onto it. Um, mm. But um, yeah, it's privately owned, um, and uh, still as still as beautiful. Hmm. 
Yeah, they showed bands. a bit of it in the um, No Time to Die live um, reveal uh, thing that they did That's online right, they in did, like, yeah. April last year. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing... Brought supplies. <laughs> yeah. Why's the ram gone? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a horrible bit of stereotyping there. Um, yeah, and that what, music as come? well. <laughs> For somebody who sleeps with a gun under his pillow, Connor is bomb. <laughs> always has it kind of on the on the on, on the bedside table by his knees, you know. So. And the knee shot. Mm. Again, really this film some... has another like great cinematic introduction. Like just mm. two characters, two iconic figures that the what, film is remembered for. What, what I really love about this scene is that um, it looks like it was shot in Norfolk on the east coast of England. Or Wales. Wales. When I was a kid, we used to sometimes go to Norfolk and, uh, and it was we used to go to the beach and it was... The the uh, breeze was always there, and it was cloudy, and it was terrible, really. Mm. Yeah, they didn't have the best of luck with the weather when they were shooting this film. She doesn't look that America. cold. <laughs> um, this was this is again taken directly from the the novel, except that um, obviously she's got a bathing suit. Um, mm. It's a bit strange that he would um, give himself away, even yeah. if um, you know, even if he's if it's only to her. Like his voice could probably carry. He doesn't know there's guards around. Just sing. Mm. <laughs> Be great if she just like stabbed him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes on to foil Doctor No's evil oh, scheme. Yeah. That's I'd the movie I'm movie. waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch that movie all day. Hmm. But, like, I understand, again, you know, putting white because it's, like, close to see-through and, 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 and connection to the, to, the, to the novel. But, like, who wears a white bathing suit? It's just it's one of those things <laughs> where I just, I don't know. I have an aversion where, to the color white. This, this is where Bill would say see, after his wedding. But. <laughs> I can't see Connery anymore. I can only see his head. <laughs> he blends. <laughs> just, <laughs> perfect camouflage. Uh, yeah, the white the white bathing suit. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's iconic, obviously. Um, yeah. But it, as I, I mean, I think it went through all kinds of costume um, changes. And I, I have a story. Actually, I, I had to wear a white um, bathing costume for a, uh, an advertising sh- uh, shoot once, and um, they tend to go see through, which uh, mm-hmm. is not oh. it's not a great great thing. So. To get this to not do that is uh, is impressive. It's probably a thicker material, like not even a bathing suit material, because mm. it looks very cloth like and it looks thicker, multi layered. But maybe I'm just paying very close attention. No, I think you you think you're probably right, yeah. and I think that's you know why again why it doesn't make any sense because it's like you know why would you. Why would you do that? So, um, what, okay, what, what colour should her, her bathing suit have been then? Um, I think you'd have to ask people at uh, All About Brown. <laughs> <laughs> should, should have been. Mm. 
maybe it's because um, she said that she was self-educated, right? And that, you know, Mm. she spent her life, maybe she sewed it herself with the material that she could find. Oh, that like might that. explain yeah, yeah. it. There we go. Yeah. I came. I came up. Yeah. I've solved it. We're we're good. Right. <laughs> In the book, she has kind of a Disney princess, uh, yeah, angle to her, where she sort of like lives with a load of like snakes and animals and things, and she talks mm-hmm. about being able to talk to them and stuff. Which, uh, yeah, so there glad is, that's not uh, in here. There's a YouTube um, video called uh, "Born Sexy Yesterday." Uh, which actually deals with a trope in films, mostly in sci-fi, of um, mature, um, sexually mature women who are basically uh, regressed to childlike, or not regressed, rather they never achieved kind of like adult adulthood in their minds, um, and that's that's she's she's one of those sort of examples of of, of hmm. the born sexy yesterday. Uh, much like uh, Lilu in Fifth right. Element, um, so it's a uh, it's it's a part of that trope, I suppose. And well, they do it like, again. In, I have a hard time. Again. I have a hard time believing Quarrel Sketch scared of a crab. But. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Honey like fifteen in the book or sixteen or something like that? She's very young. That makes it better. Yeah, I, 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 don't think, I don't think she's that young. I think, she, I think she's in her 20s. I think it does say that. Oh, okay. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong as well. Uh, have, we, have we got to the... Uh... Yeah, we're coming up to the favourite bit. <laughs> yeah. He's very serious, isn't he? You know, doesn't. Mm. So a lot of the um, on-set photography that you see of um, Ursula Andress is done by her, at the time, husband John uh, right. John Derrick, That's um, right. who would later go on to uh, marry um, Bo Derrick, or well, obviously she became Bo Derrick. Um, I'm thinking he had a type. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you may be right. Oh, no. This will never float. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it floated to start with, though. <laughs> so what was the plan? Uh, was Felix going to come pick him up? <laughs> I, I guess I guess so. Um Hmm. She did bring a towel, so yeah, yeah. That's Miss Tara's towel. (laughs) (laughs) They're being very brave, being barefoot. Oh, they're not barefoot, are they? You can just see Connery's got his slippers on, his shoes. Hmm. And I guess that towel was that incredibly thin shirt she's got on. Again, white. Hmm. See through. Check. He keeps getting it bitten in exactly the same places. <laughs> but it's interesting when she tells her backstory to him, when she's talking about, you know, her sexual assault, her shirt is dry and it's completely opaque. 
And so Mm -hmm. it actually is like, just like detracting and like our, our, like we're not looking at her body. Instead, we're looking at her face and taking her story seriously. So it's interesting the times when her body's on display and what she's doing and how she's desired. And yet the film also signals that the backstory that she has, that that's completely undesirable and that we should be taking her seriously there. Yeah, absolutely. It's at this point when they look at the guards in their camouflage outfits yeah, blending right. oh. in, into the background, that uh, yeah. they might rethink their outfits. Yeah, yeah. Great, even excuse. underwater, that red shirt's gonna just like <laughs> try <to> speak through. <laughs> uh, I always wanted to do this as a kid. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw it in a lot of Disney films. <laughs> you shouldn't shouldn't you know, do it. You know, what you... straws are bad for the dolphins or something. The, the, the other thing you don't see anymore is uh, quicksand in movies. Ooh, oh, I used to get that all the time. Yeah. What was the last was, good quicksand that we had? It was in the 80s. It was in every TV shoe cartoon and movie was quicksand. Yeah. They had Princess quicksand Bride. in um, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, but you asked for good quicksand, so I don't know if that counts. That's one for Bond 26, then. We must have quicksand. Quicksand, quicksand. <laughs> mm. I'll just hang back here on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys back at the lodge. <laughs> just, I love yeah. how Connery comes out of the water after that initial thing. They're just like smiling, like, oh my God, can you believe this worked? <laughs> 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 uh. The thing is also they're in a high radiation zone, uh-huh. right? Mm. So Dr. No does not care about these dudes at all. No. Like, mm. Or the dogs, which is is a oh. horrible thing to poor mm. puppies. Right. We are pro dog on this no podcast. Yeah. Kill yeah. the guy but save the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well that guy was just gonna like walk past like all the others yeah. did. I don't know why right. he had to single him out for a killing. Yeah. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, he's got a machine gun, but leave that behind. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. You, you, we need more of those kinds of shots in movies. Yeah. And more. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they had to stop to get cleaned up. No. Anyway, Insta dry. <laughs> Look at his face. Oh, honestly. Hmm. I'm a man of science. <laughs> he oh, does look great in this it, film. Oh, it was it was a gun in your pocket. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Mm-hmm. I did see a funny meme the other day saying that if uh, if they'd have gone up against volcanoes and venomous snakes and uh, other things towards the end of the alphabet, they'd have been screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Isn't like, nah, I don't know what that is. Isn't there a squid in the novel? There is, yeah. yeah. A giant squid yep. that he, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting that they took that out because, you know. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
Fleming loved that, didn't he? I, like, unfortunately, can. <laughs> like the, the, Bond's attacked by like an octopus in Live and Let Die, Squid in Doctor No, Hildebrand Rarity. Is it Hildebrand Rarity or is it? Oh no, Octopussy. Obviously, there's um, yeah. deadly octopus in that. He did love his sort of deadly. In yeah, in Thunderball, the whole the, the whole cav- uh, the whole Bombay of the Vulcan is filled with oh. um, octopi. Yeah, um, of which yeah, is a, yeah. which is again another really horrible piece of really good piece of writing, but just mm. uh, really really chilling. Um, I, I've got to I say, say I, the... I, I love I love octopuses. Um, I, I used to I used to dive a lot and also still do a bit of snorkeling. At, uh, well, in summer anyway, and uh, just mm. watch, watching them is fascinating. They're they're they're, they're fantastic creatures. So yeah, mm. thumbs th- thumbs up for octopus for octopuses from me. <laughs> and it's, inter- and it's uh, interesting because he's a naval commander. And again, it comes down to this idea of him being able to like take over, you know, the villain, but also he's taking on, you know, these creatures that are part of his domain as a naval commander. Yeah, that's true. And definitely in, in the novels, you, you even in things like in Live and Let Die, where he swims out to Mr. Big's boat, there's a whole underwater sequence where he's being kind of shadowed by a barracuda. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things that they also cut out of Dr. No was that she was supposed to have been tied to a, um, yeah. uh, in the, in the novel, she's, she's tied to a rock face and in the, in the film, she's, I think just tied up. Um, mm. and she was supposed to be swarmed by crabs. That's right. Uh, that hap- that happens in the, in the book. Um, but Which is why I think have... we see that crab scare scaring quarrel shot was yeah. to set that up, and then they end up, then, 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 up, up, then they, but then they, they, they never follow through because the the crabs were all frozen and lethargic. That's right, that's right. So. But it's interesting in that scene that when she's tied up, she loses her pants. Like her right. pants are gone, and so it's yeah. always been this thing where I'm tr- I've tried to read through like what could this be suggestive of, and for me, I mean, it, you can't accidentally just lose your pants, so there has to be an intention behind it. Like that's a big issue in film, and so is it suggestive of her being assaulted? Because in the novels, when she's being looked at, just like most of the women in the novels, it's usually their captors who are talking about having desire for mm. her and wanting to assault her. And I don't know if the the, the film is trying to allude to that or the threat oh, yeah. of that I, because, I totally i, I totally yeah. think it is i mean there's there's also a, a there's a very quick moment in the world is not enough where um where christmas is imprisoned on the submarine and the guy walks out of the cell smoking a cigarette i mean that is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. straight up implications of what happened before uh another firearms moment here bond uh is holding a colt 1911 a1 instead of the ppk <laughs> um he, he really, the, really the did not like being told to use the ppk did he <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm gonna pick every other gun <laughs> it, yeah sorry it's just a it's like I, I just pick up on these things um for for you weapon nerds out there um I think this is it's such a horrible death, such yeah. a horrible death, mm. and, and and so unreasonable as well. Um, mm. They would have run out of bullets. Like you could have easily captured Quarrel too. Yeah, I just yeah, it's an unnecessary and cruel um, death. And uh, some more day for night know. here. Yeah, can you imagine it? 
a swamp and and burning oh, coral. It, apparently, by all accounts, it stunk. This place really yeah. bad. So you got methane and, and barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is good location scouting. Right? I mean, it does just look like the most horrible place to be. Like, I, I don't know if this is some kind of swamp land or what, but it just looks so gross yeah. and. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's interesting that they haven't. This place still exists, Calvin. Um, you were talking oh. about Lisa. Um, you know, mm-hmm. where, where it still exists. This this still exists because it's so feral and smells so bad that they haven't developed it. Did you, did you um, visit it on your Jamaica trip? Uh, I came close to it. Uh, I didn't oh. actually visit this place, um, but I came very close to it when I was um, doing a trip down the Rio Grande. Ah. I was hoping it's- you could give us a first-hand account of the smell. Uh, I was just—I I made some inquiries about about some locations, and people literally just went, "Yeah, don't go there. That's that's <laughs> that's that. That's that's extreme fandom." Mm. Um, here we're getting some good quarantine measures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep, this is right. it. This is why yeah, we picked Jay- it. Yeah, James yeah. Bond is always ahead of the times. Very topical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hope you're all doing this when I you like get how, home. I like how Doctor No's got the same. <laughs> Doctor No's got the same model Geiger counter as MI6. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's the best. Maybe one. there's only yeah. one. Maybe got it on uh, Amazon. Maybe it's the only one. Yeah. Uh, every go. every yeah. time Happy we have a delivery at home at the moment, this, this is what happens to me. My wife insists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty seconds. Why would they of... even not just take all of that stuff off them to begin with? It's like they've got other clothes, right? At right. the facility, right. wouldn't they just go? Look, just take all this off. Here's some clean clothes. We're not just going to scrub you down with a broom first. <laughs> uh, I love that uh, that thing behind them. I don't know what it is. That kind of slanted like uh, brass yeah. panel. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Don't know what it, it is. It is really nice. I, it. Uh, it's a pretty maybe, panel. Maybe was it supposed to be an incinerator? Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the incinerator. And much and, the um, disappointment of many men around the world, she ain't naked. No. Disproven Oddly years enough, ago. I was looking at the flamingo colored uh, Right. Do you think that's like the ranks of the minions? It's like, well, yeah. you're new here. You get to wear pink. Yeah. <laughs> flamingo pink. Just realise how bad the cuts are here watching it with that sound. It's like the same guy turning the same way four times in a row. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no the radiation on really you. interesting. Yeah, like baby blue is seems to be, you know, the colour for um, for the good guys in this, mm. isn't it? I wish my hair looked like that when I come out of the shower. It'd be great. <laughs> Do you I think say, goal... toupee looks pretty good for that shower? Mm. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, do you think the goal of having like the pink suit, um, specifically because they are Asian men doing it, like we have a history of emasculating Asian men in Western culture, mm. that the color pink you could have picked any other color, but the yeah. the idea yeah. of using the color pink could have could have been for that. But that that was just my thought to answer that question. The scheme is just really strange. Baby blues and and flamingo pinks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a very very odd color scheme to pick. I do love mm. the brass and the rock, though. I think, I think know, and even the lighting. The lighting in this scene is is crazy. Mm. Um, uh, Ken Adams said that that he, you know, all of this is obviously uh, just like 
brass Plaster. paint. Yeah, um, but he he was able to find something that uh, emulated the brass really effectively. It's a beautiful set, and this mm. corridor is a um, painting. Yes, it um, is. It yeah. only goes it's a, for, a forced perspective. Of, yeah, yeah forced perspective. You can see the line where it changes. But it's nice. I'm, I'm, it just, by the way, I'm I'm modeling the decoration of my new home office based on this. This is my it's goal. So <laughs> nice. I it's love lovely. it. If I could do, and um, I wanted to open a, a a retail store at one point, and I was going to call it Agent, and it was going to be things for a gentleman, so agent. Um, uh. And so the interior, I, I wanted it, to, I wanted to really. Yeah, this was my whole kind of. Um, this environment was really much how I wanted like the interior to be. But there's something so elemental about his his layer. There's so much rock, so it looks like he sort of has excavated and built downward. Yeah. He's got the use of metals, which is like suggestive of say infrastructure and modernity. And then when we get to the actual layer of of Doctor No, with uh, the way that the water or or the enhancements, the way that the glass is curved, you have water behind. It's very earthy and elemental but at the same time it's got these like brass modern touches to it i i love the combination mm. if you go to iceland you will have a hotel room that looks like a smaller version of this like honestly like they love their sort of earthy like stone brass yeah uh, i'm going i'm going immediately to iceland um, <laughs> I've, I've, always, I've always thought this uh mum's already there would, i would That's i would totally make this as a uh as a as a hotel, uh, like this would be a perfect hotel room. I'd oh, be gorgeous, really happy. Yeah. That, that, that table <laughs> behind them with the lamp on that black one that, that looks like it's uh, from the um, current range of IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the elevated chairs. panel that the bed is on. That's quite yes. nice. These chairs are Barcelona chairs from the Barcelona Pavilion. Um, um, designed by Mies van der Rohe. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting kind of mid-century touches in here um, to kind of to, to make it feel very modern and forward and directional. Um, and I think they do a very, very good job considering yeah. the budget. I wonder mm, where all the gosh. furniture went. I wonder where all the furniture went after the film wrapped. Mm. Yeah. Well, they sell it, don't they? Well, they... Uh, I like the oh. silverware. I like how when you go to hotels and stuff like that, they mm. always have like the silver. There's something very like just classy or classic about, you know, getting food brought to you. And it still had like the silver tops on, on the plates and the silver mm. like coffee and tea set. Yeah. Look at these yeah, ankle think... biters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to, they need to go down at least a, another inch and a half, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and they turned up. What was he thinking? So who tucked him in? <laughs> <laughs> and who took off his clothes? Yeah. And what is Doctor No looking at when he lifts up that sheet? Like, ah, oh, yeah, That's right. very hairy. Put that down. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell does it It'd be great if he was? On. It's true. <laughs> 
There's oh, there's this interesting um, um, element that is repeated um, in a lot of films, and it has to do. I've noticed it with captive women when women are captured. Um, they're oftentimes dressed by their male captors and often sexualized through it. And so the mm-hmm. Bond film here is like tapping in a bit to that. But it's interesting that there's a parallel to this scene in I am thinking Spectre when they are captured um, there and then they have to get dressed. And there's something about like the power and control of a villain to select like your clothing and how you look and Mm. like defining you, like the way we do with prisoners and how they all have to dress in a certain way, but that's a decision to identify them in a certain capacity. I just think it's Mm. interesting that they are being dressed in a very particular style here. Um, It's got Asian influences. And and the question is, I mean, why don't you just kill them? But the question is maybe trying to like bring them into the plan, indoctrinate them and so on and so forth. But dressing them is the first step to maybe changing their identity or changing their mind. Mm. It's very much ownership, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That painting's stunning. You really can't tell, can you? No, mm. I, di- I didn't know it was. And then, and then she's also echoing the kind of um, the pink tones mm-hmm. that we saw of, you know, and more green. So there's more green all over the yeah. land. Mm. And when we think about the camera woman that I mentioned in her costuming, that was in pink as well. So there is like a mm. feminine emphasis through the color pink here. Mm. Yeah, Bond's really out of his depth here as well. Yeah, this is the, uh, we talked about this on one of the episodes, the the stumbling in and figuring it out later plan. Mm. Mm. Because he's been so controlled and in uh, in charge up until pretty much this point. And now his whole kind of plan is just to be kind of belligerent. and Be a bad dinner guest. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Bit of a dick. Be mean to Sandor. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I was captured by a villain in like some underwater bunker and I wasn't sure how to get out. I think I'd be more compliant. I'd be like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do everything you want. Like I'm not going to, yeah. I would probably be the most polite and compliant guest. And then I'd find my way out after, but I'm not going to go and sit there and like fight you to your face. I don't know. That's, that's Bond's so, approach, but. So Dr. No likes a lot of antiques, but the rest mm. of his base is all modern. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a, it's that nice dichotomy that um, Adam uses a lot, um, and he and he does it for um, Blofeld as well in um, You Only Live Twice. Yes, which so. this uh, this this set is very reminiscent of the apartment set for Blofeld in Twice. Mm. So an hour and twenty five and change into the film before the villain. Mm. It's impressive, mind you. We've 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 had him, you know, interact. So, yeah. But it's a great. It's it's a it's a very nice um, reveal. Mm. Yeah. You know, for for them using um, sort of white Caucasian actors as um, you know Asian characters, I think it is somewhat progressive that they don't make them do sort of you know your stereotypical um asian accent like both dr no and miss tarot have sort of quite clipped english accents um which must have been a choice like you know um someone made that decision i mean can you imagine if they if they hadn't oh yeah no how how this how this would have dated yeah and how you would look at this film now yeah totally 
it doesn't it doesn't kind of excuse the 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 yellow face oh completely um, yeah yeah but it but it in, in another sense it kind it's one of those things that kind of makes you it's it's amazing how the voice would be um you know uh absolutely unforgivable but we can mm. but we can do the makeup mm. anyway mm-hmm. mm. also love the starter of like three grapes that they're all <laughs> eating here <laughs> on a, on a I think it's olives. I, 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 yeah, I, I assume oh, it's the meal. I assume the meal was over at this point. Like they finished. Oh, the oh, this is the, they've all had the cheese and the crackers, and they're just yeah. leaving the olives because oh, no yeah, one actually yeah. likes if, olives. If those, uh, no, so, if those are olives, they're Sandor. giant olives. I reckon they're grapes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with grapes. Yeah, they Sandor's look like grapes. Sandor's going to come around with the after eights next. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, of after eights. <laughs> it's interesting. Gosh. It's interesting looking at like the artifacts that are around, like all of like we we talked about like the antiques and the collecting, but like there's mm. paintings of like war people, and it reminds me of the guy who was in the Living Daylights who collected like war memorabilia, whatever yeah. his name was, and so you see him here as well. Doctor No is like collecting you know all of these artifacts of you know previous generals or or these treasures you know like a pirate might do and sort of just pulling it all together and that's what he's decorating his like underwater lair with are sort of Mm. the treasures of others and maybe that's suggesting he's taking things that don't belong to him um they they are are definitely saying that because that the painting that bond looks at had actually been stolen at that time yeah that was a joke So yeah. the the implication being that um, it was now it, it would, was now not- it would be the scream or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be the yeah. joke today. Well, I was going to say it's a very topical joke for Bond. Like I don't like obviously he says he has the uh, listening to the Beatles without earmuffs line in Goldfinger. I don't know if they go terribly topical otherwise. Obviously they're dated by the style and the clothes and whatnot, but um, not necessarily no, by and the tech, but not necessarily by specific gags. Millennium they make jokes. the same. They make the same mm-hmm. gag in in Skyfall. Um, the the guy who is assassinated by Patrice um, mm. is is buying a stolen painting, That's uh, right. which oh, was stolen from. Yeah, so that was that was stolen from um, the Museum of scene, Modern Art. And huh. that scene got cut down in the film, so it wasn't. They didn't. There's yeah. If you look at the script and the 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 shots that they actually filmed, that scene mm. in Skyfall was a lot longer. Hmm. The whole setup about the uh, stolen art buyers—that was yeah. Severine's side business. So it's kind of so it's kind of a little nod, I think, to to that. And again, in um, Spectre, uh, one of the one of those same paintings from that same theft is hanging in, um, I think, either Bond's uh, or Madeline's room when they arrive. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> God, it's nice being able to talk to Bond fans. <laughs> Rather than Rami go, Ma- wow, Rami Malek I never knew that. Age, Everyone going, yep, know that. Uh, <laughs> Rami Malek still looks young, and here he is, 1962. <laughs> um, where is that Sandor in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it actually? Is it actually the same actor? Yeah, yeah, that's, oh. that's that's the terrible joke that I've been making this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought you were just like, it was just like general, like bald man joke. No, <laughs> um, no. I, oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. He's got his tie strapped down there sensibly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he knows how da- he knows how dangerous ties can be. Uh, um, is he holding a clipboard? <laughs> it's, a, it's an iPad. Uh, <laughs> is it the menu? What would he have? <laughs> I think it's actually a holster. Yeah, I to, think it's uh, a holster, one of those giant the holsters. Um, yeah. uh, Everybody's apartment has a side entrance for the scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I must adjourn to my lab. <laughs> so Milton Reed, um as as I'm sure everyone knows, um I think came in sort of maybe second or third for the role of odd job. Yeah. Um and uh so it's kind of like um It's a clever it's use quite- of camera work here not to show the some of it going on, yeah. and then they pan back to yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite good. good Why right do you think the they did that, camera. though? Do you think uh, that they did that not to show the amount of violence? Yeah, because the British, the British film censorship back in the day was like you cannot show like sadistic violence. So yeah, having somebody tied up and getting hit was the, the the amount that they showed was actually quite a lot for the day. I kind of like it though. I like the idea because you all you could hear was sort of like the hits and the reaction yeah. to it. And I like when things happen sort of out of the the range of the camera, and it must no, be I, so much worse. I, I agree completely. Uh, you, you, if you show everything, you can uh, lose impact. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing about this. Obviously, in the novel, um, it's it's a kind of a, a an assault course of, of of sorts to test Bond, um, and I think that they were attempting to do that in the film, but I think some of the ideas didn't kind of carry yeah. through. Kind I, of, I, yeah, love, yeah, right. I love the assault course in in the book. It's it's, it's one of my my favourite bits from all the books. Just I just love yeah. it as a kid. So and it's, and it, but it's interesting what it tends to do in the film because they they haven't quite implicitly you know it's not implicitly clear that it is an assault course it becomes a slightly surreal experience yeah him and the sound, the sound design tunnels. as well makes it surreal doesn't it mm. yeah with all the little echoes through the pipes and stuff mm. almost sci-fi-ish the soundscape Mm. I like how unkempt he looks. Like his hair is going to be messy, and he's going to rip off his clothes to utilize them. I again, I, I think I always point this out. Like I like it when my heroes shot, right? do stuff and they get like dirty and sweaty in the process. Like mm-hmm. it feels like he's putting in real work here, and I can appreciate it. Yeah. Mm. Just especially in light of how how sophisticated, how smart, and how perfectly attired he's been up until mm-hmm. this point. Exactly. Um, it's it's a stark contrast, and it's good. Yeah, he's got a perfectly clean white T-shirt on at this point. <laughs> and, you know, use use of kind of models to kind of make it seem uh, further up than it is. Um, that's you know that's not quite as effective as the corridor, but you know it's the same kind of effect being used. Um, and again, this bit where it gets hot. Um, this could oh, be anything. Now his t-shirt's wrecked. Now his t-shirt's trashed. How did mm. that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's always bugged me that all that electricity. Bugged you. 
<laughs> it was the fall. The fall just mm. ripped it all from <laughs> underneath this underneath this suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was that impactful. Mm. But yeah, no, I know what you mean, Ben. It's sort of like when you compare it to the book, it is like there is a purpose for all of this stuff that he's enduring, whereas here it's all just random, presumably. It's just yeah. random that he happens to end up in a really hot <laughs> tube yeah. and that they just flush water over him at one it's point. It's the sewer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know. It's the same as my house, that we put water down our air conditioning. I mean, that's, that's pretty <laughs> standard. Yeah, actually, now, now you mention it, we, we had a leak in our upstairs bathroom, and so uh, when anyone showered up there, the water would leak and it would come down the, um, the cooker hood in the kitchen. So, yeah. <laughs> Quite just like Dr. No. Just like Dr. Yeah. No. Yeah. You just gotta have the gotta have the little port, the, the little the little portholes where people can look at you through. People poke poke through. And at this yeah. point he would be diving a hundred feet into a um giant squid um aquarium. Mm. But yeah. they decided that uh, that that wouldn't work. Yeah, squid too far. Probably but- wise. <laughs> Could you imagine if they tried to have done like a giant squid attack on the budget that they had? <laughs> if, George, if George Lucas had made this film, we'd, it would be back in uh, 20 yeah. years ago with CGI. Yeah, and the squid would be the, 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 the aggressor. I always wanted to go back and do the squid because I felt like it was my original vision. <laughs> that was my George Lucas impression. <laughs> uh, blending in. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> He does a great in this film, Connery. Like I think I, uh, my research uh, for this was to watch uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People um, <laughs> as the film that sort of you know is cited as Broccoli's inspiration for casting him as Bond. Um, it's the do- it's the uh, No Time to Die yes, glass. This is the bill that, mm. that Bill goes on about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like, I like it in this pop- movie, though. I like the scene, yeah, well, the yeah. violence behind it, using our mm. imagination. Mm. See. When you're Bond and you need to steal a uniform, it just happens it to be fits. a white one. A white yeah, one, and not a pink one. And it also happens one. to fit a six foot two. <laughs> Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, a pink I'm surprised again. it doesn't. It is so the pink brown light is used. Suit. Yeah, I just realized pink light in this film is used to depict radiation, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, it is. It's but again, the scientific knowledge and the populace about what radiation was in the early 60s is pretty minimal, so... Mm. Mm. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I love it when Bond's just like, I'm just going to kind of go in there and uh, improvise. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'll grab, grab that Check file and I'll walk over here. Yeah, I'll just get that clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite know what's happening, but I'll just... Wing it, I guess. Yeah, I I think this is my sort of favorite thing that Bond does. Is just like I, I look if they turn around now, I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's right. But yeah, uh, I, I I think it is. Um, I think it's pure Bond to be like because you really feel the tension. Um, you know, mm. even as a kid, I remember watching this, feeling like, oh my god, this is this is this is quite tense. He could be discovered at any moment. Mm. Um, but why does that guy get the weird suit? Like yeah, right. the translucent yeah. one, the translucent like, one that's puffed yeah. up. It's, yeah, I've, I've always wondered that. Like, is is he the sucker? Like, he can't have like the thick material. Mm. I, I don't know. I do not understand at all. Um, mm. I have to say, this set is 
astoundingly good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For for the money, this is this is really trajectory. Yeah, this. Computer. I love it. Right. <laughs> I like that. coolant computer. Nobody's working the coolant computer. Mm. Uh, that could be a mistake. Yeah. Mm. It's this guy's job. He's supposed to be I, doing uh, it. Uh, I know. Don't work the co- go to the coolant computer. I like the globe that's there. Yeah, I was about to Showcase say, why the hell is do they have a globe there? <laughs> to show he wants to take over the world. <laughs> There's a lot of maps and globes in James yeah. Bond, so There's, you just can't get reactor off signs anywhere. That's the problem. And danger level as well. Like you know, danger it's it's implying level. that it's implying that it's just dangerous all the time. Yes. And then there's mm. just levels of danger. That's right. It's, that's a big, big red uh, Right. Best Buy support. Okay. Yeah. Did you try turning it off and then on again? <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. And why does he have a hose attached to him, the guy that he's going to end up fighting? And that's why he's that's inflated. Like, is nobody else has them, but the other dude has it. They've all got hose input, but they don't. no one else is inflated. Right. It's probably... Yeah. I think... This is a trope that it wasn't Bond that started this, but like having like deliberately designed and engineered things that would kill you, and then having the scale go way beyond that point. Yeah. Like a we're going to make a scale. Area? We're, we're going to make a fun? scale. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I just got distracted by abandoned area, yeah. and I'm like, what? Yeah. Because they're, 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 right? they're very cautious. Yeah. Your ex- <laughs> Welcome to Dot Crab Key. Your exits are here. Here. Right? here. <laughs> Your closest exit may be behind you. <laughs> what were you saying, James? About- yeah, sorry. Well, the, the, the Bond films use this a lot, which is like having a scale that's like way too ridiculous. Like nobody would engineer a scale to say, right, 25 will kill you. You know what? We'll make it go to 50. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and we won't put any like any mechanism to stop you deliberately killing yourself we'll just let you do it yeah just yeah. spin that wheel <laughs> so. no one notices I, yeah. and i'm assuming I mean, this is i'm assuming this is lowering the rods into the reactor that's, that's what this yeah wheel does. i mean that's the idea behind it and i think what you were saying earlier james about people not really understanding how right. um, you know radiation or uh, things like that worked um because all the best nuclear, all the best nuclear reactors glow white, you know, <laughs> when they're so making more energy. What happened to his hose? I mean, that guy fell off the side. Did Bond knock yep. off his hose? Yeah, it popped yeah. out yeah. at one yeah. point. So who knows what that did? Why yeah. is he running Every, like that? Everybody in the pool. Yeah. Got metal hands. Yeah. Doesn't make you run like a dick. Uh, it does with him. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wouldn't you be knocked out cold yeah, if someone with a metal hand hit you in the face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And they're pretty. They're pretty good weapons, actually. I have to say. You know, yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the bit I saw on TV as a kid, and this is my introduction to Bond. Was this bit right here? Wow. When oh, I was really? Like, when I was like six years old, or something. Oh wow. It's a it's a good it's a very good um, death in a it's sense. Bob Simmons it's, again. Yeah, it really does. You know, you you get that real. It's not being buried by bird shit, is it? No, I think it, I think it's an improvement on it. 
Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, you know, I, I liked I liked the Guano death of uh, Doctor No in the novel. Um, mm. But uh, you know, because it's got Fleming's kind of sardonic sense of humour. But this, I mm. think, was quite fitting for our cinematic Doctor No. Yeah. So Doctor No is on screen in scenes for less than eighteen minutes. Mm. Oh, is there some sort of American doing a voiceover at this point? Saying, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, Shane Rimmer probably. But um, yeah. <laughs> I like how they've got a live close circuit feed from Cape Canaveral in yeah. Key. This is like before satellite television. Somehow yeah. they managed to make that work. It's the pink again for the radiation. Yeah. And his hair's perfect. Don't Nobody runs too far down ah. that corridor. Flat. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the here's the cramp room. This is like a oh whoops. Just trip him up for where's where's the cramp room? I guess this is the shift of the white the white workers versus the pink workers. Hmm. And one random teal. There we go. This this huge set designed for this one purpose that um, it's going to be on screen for about eight seconds. Hmm. No and crabs. she has no pants. And no crabs. Yeah. Crabs. And no crabs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I do like the chaos here, though. Hmm. Oh, good dive there. It yes. does. It- it does have it's to be dead. one of the quickest, right? The villain's dead. Let's get out of the movie mm-hmm. um, films. It's it's um, it's nicely shot, nicely edited. Peter Hunt does a really good job, like cutting this together. Probably a better job than he did on his own movie. Um, yeah, it's tighter. Mm. You guys, nah, you're not having this. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great switch when it Connery becomes Bob Simmons there behind the, uh, the yeah. barrels. But they still get yeah. Ursula Andrews to do the hard work and actually <laughs> right? come down the thing, jump onto the boat, hold balance. It's, yeah, quite yeah he's not Daniel Craig, is he? He's not like, you know, yeah. oh, I'll run up that crane. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a nice model effect. Yeah. Um, mm. All the best nuclear actors blow up in grey smoke like that. They do. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Of course, if it was an actual nuclear reactor, they would be in <laughs> a lot of problems right now. Yeah. Uh, this with The Spy Love Me are the, the two movies where nukes actually go, nuclear explosions actually go off, and mm. uh, nobody seems to talk about it much. Yeah. <laughs> Probably why Connery lost all his hair. <laughs> <laughs> there we go that was the rescue plan all along Mm. and they yeah the US Navy does not have a bigger boat for all those dudes they'll have to hold on (laughs) (laughs) do you think there's a point where they're sitting around waiting to go and like the captain's like, should we go now? He's like, nah, actually, give him a bit more time. A point of reference, that's actually a British Navy ship. With, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 so I don't know why Jack Lord's in charge of it. But mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. 
There's my boy. <laughs> I've known him all for two days. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the worst end music since, well, ever. Yeah. yeah. The, sound, the soundtrack is just abysmal. Oh, it is really bad, isn't it? Uh, all the way through. Uh, I like the uh, I like the titles over it though, like that. It's nicely nicely framed around the boat. It's good. Mm. And Bob's mm. there to ground the movie out. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty economical well, yeah. uh, edit, uh, credit sequence at the end. Yeah, it is. So, there you go. That's it. Yep. So we're and we're it. done. I and did Maria. wonder if that the red dot gun barrel at the end when um, Mark Forster was doing Quantum and he was like trying to keep it to Doctor Knows Runtime, whether that had that red gun barrel at the end of the credits had anything to do with how he did it. I'm pretty upset that they didn't bring it back over and over and over and over again, um, you know, because it's an integral part of what makes James Bond is to have a red <laughs> dot at the end. And- <laughs> When they when they decide to do crazy things like move it to the beginning or the middle. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, so what did everybody think? You hadn't seen it for a while, right? Not yeah, me. Probably, yeah, no, I, I probably haven't seen it in oh god years. I can't like it would be it would be probably five or six years, I think, since I'd seen it last. Um, it does race along, doesn't it? It does race along, yeah. and and it's you know for a two hour movie, it's it's pretty good. Um, what I guess what strikes strikes me is that it does still hold up pretty well, um, and that it's um, it seems very economical with like in terms of like there's a lot of bang on the bang on the screen for for the money that they had. You know, it's. Um, it's a it's that lovely combination of uh, great production design and costuming and good casting and all of the rest of it. It just kind of really comes together really nicely. They just had a really wonderful team to do it. Except for Monty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those films that is sort of bigger than the sum of its parts, I suppose. Um, mm. And I, I suppose if you, they've been sort of chasing chasing that magic sort of uh, with every film. I th- I think that if they had brought in uh, John Barry right from the start, then uh, and it had had a decent score, uh, people would remember it uh, as a much better film. Yeah, I I, I think it, it's largely the the soundtrack that lets it down. I think it's the soundtrack that dates it the yeah. most because mm. it's very fi- it's very like fifties kind of. Overscore, isn't it? A little bit. Well, it's, it's just crap. <laughs> <laughs> but my students find the movie to be very slow. That's their biggest complaint, and I'm wondering really? if, yeah, they're like, we didn't, we thought it would be more fast paced, and I'm like, think of the era, think of the time, but I actually think the music plays a key role in, you know, in so many Bond films. John Barry's music gets me excited, it gets me invested, oh. it's telling me what to think and how to feel, and without it, I think then the film just feels a little bit longer um, mm. for them because they're not getting the cues that they need to be more invested. Yeah, except for those few moments with the guy on jump up, 
you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, all, all, all the kind of um, Jamaican music is excellent. The you know, I, I'm not not going to fault that. That that really gives it a you know a good good flavour. But the, uh, the but all the Monty Norman stuff is just abysmal. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Connery's performance is um, he's he's obviously still kind of working it out. And there are a couple of moments where he's um, he's very smooth and very cool, but other moments where he, I mean, I don't think he's ever really out of his depth in it. But um, he just looks a bit petulant at some points. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes just a bit too kind of yeah, a bit snappy and a bit um, he has irritated. Yeah, he looks irritated and. Um, you know, by the time you get to kind of uh, Thunderball, yeah. he's kind of just he's yeah. comfortably walking through it, you know, then, or even Goldfinger. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, by you only live twice, he just didn't give two shits. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so relaxed. It's like, arigato gajimash. That'll get me through there. <laughs> well, I don't know if in this one he's trying to sort of embody some of that Fleming Bond persnicketiness that is in Fleming. You know, Fleming's Bond is very uh, particular about what food he eats, what clothes he wears, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if this is Connery's attempt to trying to sort of be that Bond. Um mm. I was, I was, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was impressed by his, phys- by, by his physicality in this one. Actually, like, I think sometimes when he's sort of like in a t-shirt, he's got his shirt off, all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh wow, yeah, you are quite lean and really uh, impressive in this role. Quite, uh, yeah, yeah uh, compared seen, to like Diamonds Are Forever, where he's like, you know, bloated and mm. <laughs> suddenly middle-aged and ho- and just haunched, you know, just like he's bent mm. over by that point, and. Yeah. You know, when I think uh, Mark O'Connell was making a point that, um, you know, Craig is older than he was in in that movie and um, looks in a lot better shape. Um, So it is sort of interesting. Um, But Connery was, yeah, he's obviously in his best shape that he's ever been in in this film. And, Mm. um, you know, I think his, his casting was was kind of right, really. I mean, I know that they were kind of, what they went through to kind of pick pick the the right actor, and I think um, in in many ways they they really did mm. luck out with Connery. Oh, totally, yeah. Like I say, I watched Darby O'Gill and the Little People recently <laughs> for the sake of this, and uh, he's barely in that film. But uh, you can even then, like you know, you can sort of see like, oh yeah, no, actually, this guy has more to him than you know, your standard sort of Disney live action lead actor has, mm. um, it's easy to see why they would see that and then be like, oh yeah, no, actually this guy has um, a much brighter career ahead of him. Definitely has some eyebrows though, doesn't he? Boy. Mm. <laughs> Great eyebrows. Yeah. No, they plucked they them to hell in Hitchcock's Marnie and I'm glad that mm. he's got the full on bush ear. Mm. <laughs> Definitely does. I think there's also there's also there's the something title of the episode, the full bush. There we go. Yeah, I, I, I reckon that. Sorry, Lucy, you go. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I'm completely shifting like tenor, but I think that there's something to be said here about like the collective way that we're watching this film and like the amount of enjoyment I'm getting from watching it in like a social way versus. Like my first Bond experiences were with my dad. So there was a social aspect, but then I became a Bond scholar and it's been mostly like I analyze this film on my own and I do have a teaching component. So I do talk about Bond a lot, 
but like mm. watching it with all of you and like laughing and listening maybe it's just because i've been in social isolation for a while like i don't have human beings around me it might be that and a little bit of the amaretto and ginger ale that i've had (laughs) maybe it's that but there's such an enjoyable aspect of like this collectivity um joking about eyebrows and just talking about bond and you know sharing our information as we're going along Uh, there's when you when you talk about my takeaway, my takeaway is less about the movie and more about our experience connecting and communicating through the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to sort of highlight that component. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's been a, an immensely enjoyable experience to, to hmm. do this. Um, I haven't sat down and watched a Bond movie with a group of friends uh, for, a, for a long time. Um, and I'd forgotten just kind of how, uh, how, how much fun it can be, how, how irreverent we can be about something that we, we all care about uh, a great deal without taking anything from it. Yeah. And also mm. the wealth of knowledge that we all individually bring, um, to it, uh, which is, it's another thing. Cause every time that you think, you know, everything there is to know about bond, you don't, um, mm. And it's always really lovely to get fresh perspectives um, and and to have additional bits of information kind of uh, shared. Mm. Uh, I, I agree with, with both of you because I, I saw the film, I, I said earlier, about six months ago or something like that. And there's no way I would have chosen to watch it on my own right now. But uh, with... Uh, but, yeah, thank you. Uh, but you know with with a bunch of bond fans yeah it's it's a completely different experience yeah it's, it's good fun yeah i i echo that sentiment entirely this is not like i said earlier on this is not one that i go to for like you know if i'm just something like oh yeah i'm just in the mood for a bond film right now i'll just pop on this dr no is not one of the ones that i like go to um but watching it with you guys um hearing your thoughts seeing things that i hadn't before through our discussions and whatnot it was uh, really rewarding so thank you for that yeah, I love it. I love it. And going back to the eyebrows for a moment, I just one, one thing about the tarantula scene earlier on, and it, it's clear that they had to make it tarantula. It could not be a centipede like in the book because it would have got very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they they made it made the tarantula out of off cut of his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great so, if he did that 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 hair trick with the uh, the wardrobe, just pluck out one of his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should yeah. we do die another day next week <laughs> yes oh, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding oh, oh. can we actually <laughs> do you want to i mean but then we're putting know, for, we're for putting our that... audience we're putting our audience through it though that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, nice. I, have, I have to say it's a film that, re- that that does one it's it's hugely entertaining if you want to if you want to laugh at it um and there is a lot to discuss about it i think you know that's mm. true there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat to kind of be had off that particular bone, mm. um, and I think if you if you're analysing it irreverently, um, there could be a lot of fun to be had doing it. I certainly wouldn't watch it on my own. 
Well, but I, I mean, checked that... my schedule, and my schedule is pretty clear next Friday. <laughs> in case right. people wanted to do this, just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What we might, um, we could also try and live stream it as well, so people can watch it, listen at home at the same time. Oh, we'll do something. Oh, yeah. We'll try that next week. That'd be something. That would be good. Yeah. We'll so I just, something. I just wanted to uh, say that Lisa has uh, been uh, doing a similar thing to yes. to this particular podcast on her mm. Twitter. Yes. Account, uh, which so we have had a back to back of Unimaginably Secret Service with Casino Royale. Um, and what was the other one we did recently, Lisa? We did the Living Daylights. That's right. Um, That's the one with Hitler in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I if, if you're gonna do another one, Lisa, I don't know if you are. Um, uh, we're doing I, Goldfinger and uh, The Spy Who Loved Me this weekend. I if if this goes out before then, yeah. um, which it probably won't, but if it yeah. does, um, <laughs> I, I highly recommend um, tweeting along with Lisa. Um, very very entertaining. Um, some really great little insights in there. Um, obviously, it's not as good as uh, hearing our voices collectively. Um, <laughs> but um but uh yeah th- i i just want to say thank you for doing that lisa that's provided a great deal of entertainment thank you i think it's a distraction for me and i i tend to deal with stress and anxiety by working and so it's a way for me to distract myself but if i can do anything to help other people be distracted and do something like i said today enjoying like the the community and the fun and you know, just talking about something that we're all really passionate about. I love the fact that I, I'm uh, that there are avenues for me to be able to to do that. And if it means organizing stuff every weekend, we got time apparently. So we'll probably yep. get through the entire franchise <laughs> eventually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So by popular popular demand, I don't know. Maybe we'll look at Dino the Day next week. <laughs> so much enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, that's the first hour of it is pretty good. It's the, it's the second yeah. half that lets it down. Well, yeah. I say that's the first film that we kind of followed on a day-by-day production basis on the news. So, like, mm. yeah, the amount of trivia and stories and just Ooh. ephemera from behind that film. I don't think we've written most of it out. You'll have to remind me. I don't know much trivia, so I'm into that. Yeah, right. totally. I'm the same. Yeah, and I think it was that around happened. that was the film that first started me on the the MI6 forums, the community right. forums. So uh, me too. Um, Some good came out of that film. So we have to do this. All right. Okay. Die another day next week. Yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> Let's, and, uh, let's surf that metaphorical wave of joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna sober up tomorrow morning, and it'll be like, oh god, what did I agree to? <laughs> yes, maybe we'll attach a drinking game to it at the same time. Ooh. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into so that. We'll, we'll come up with something during the week for the drinking uh, game. First. You know, we'll I'm, you know, home. I'm good. The the king of Bond drinking games. That's right. Mm. Well, thanks very much, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed it at home. And um, maybe we'll try and live stream the next one. We'll see. See how we go.
Cool, cool, cool. 